Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, the show about artistry and industry in music. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career. And today, I'm talking to Adam Tucker. Adam is the owner of Signature Tone Recording. He built it up from the ground up. He's got his own space now. And we spend the episode talking about how Adam built up his business, how he moved from space to space until he had a space completely his own, what his clientele looks like, and his role as an engineer versus an engineer producer versus a producer and i think these are really great little things to get into as musicians because we work in the studio a lot we work with different kinds of engineers and different engineers have different approaches to engineering and some are more involved than others and you'll get to hear adam tucker's response i call him tucker all the time i'm not sure if i do that on the episode but we've known each other a really long time we worked at birch creek fine arts camp together way back in like 2005 or 2006 for a whole summer he was the audio engineering guy i was like a camp counselor adam and i met back then and worked together a little bit and he's become the dude who i've like gone to for a lot of my stuff you know my 2014 album when the clouds look like this was recorded and mixed by adam which was my album that was uh listed as one of the best jazz releases of 2014 by itunes he has uh, recently mastered some of my work and mixed and recorded some of my stuff. He's recorded a bunch of my wife's stuff. He's recorded Lulu's Playground stuff, my quintet. So he's been really involved in what I do, but he's really become one of the most well-known metal band engineers to the point where like, there's an episode where I talked to Brian Courage and Andrew Green about how to book tours. And Brian is a metal bass player in addition to being like a jazz bass player. And Brian talks about how Tucker's like one of the best if not the best engineer for engineering metal music, uh, especially somebody who's like lives in both improvised worlds and metal worlds. And the, like Brian worked with him in a band called Important Expanse, which is like a improvised metal group. So there's some really interesting stuff in this episode. We'll just get right to it. This is my conversation with my old buddy, Adam Tucker. Are you doing, you're doing video for bands that come in too, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yep, yep, bit? yep. You see that Dilly Dally like thing a, I put up? Mm, I don't know if I did. Oh, you should. They're very good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm going to write that down. Hold on. I got to get a piece of paper because I was taking a bunch of notes yesterday. I'll send it to you. I was interviewing uh, Josh Williams yesterday. XJ Willie goes by. He's like a sync licensing guy. It was really cool. awesome. Uh, and I was just frantically taking notes because he was like, you haven't done X, Y, and Z yet? <laughs> dude you gotta get on that i was like oh no it is nice when there's an easy like oh that thing that everyone can do that's gonna make your life better yeah totally and there's a lot of that you know it's like the one thing it, it bears repeating because i'm sure this i think his episode may play first and then this one but man uh just going in and logging your gigs on ascap after you've played original music at venues you yeah. know it's like I, i've done so much original music playing in so many venues, large and small, and I've never once logged a performance. It's like yeah. all my music's registered, but I've never logged a performance on ASCAP. It's like, why wasn't I told when I got two degrees in music? <laughs> why the fuck wasn't I told? Like, here's how you get your bag, man. Here's how you get your bag. If you're going to play original music, here's how you get the bag. I you know, I was just hearing someone else, a couple of clients have a conversation about ASCAP and BMI and like... they. They've been around long enough. They know what they're talking about too. But like, even as I was listening, I was like, I don't know enough about this. What's the benefit of doing it? But from on my side of things, like I almost intentionally try not to 
think too much about that because I definitely want to separate myself personally. Yeah, I like I like I like I like to separate myself from that aspect of it because like, boy, if I have to think about how, what are you going to do after this, it's like I need to worry about now. <laughs> I need to worry about you putting yeah. the thing down now and how good it sounds, and then yeah, getting the best. Best product. Yep. Think well, and not just that. Like it's the thing that you can stand behind. Like I'd rather have someone have a product, a product. I'd rather have someone make some art that they care about, because if you care about it, other people are going to care about it. You know, I I I think so. Like that's that's my focus. And then once you get that, everything else is just kind of reading the right blogs or reading the right books, whatever. But I but yes, I should also know more about that. I'm well aware. I mean, like we all. It's like it's all. It's all connected. It's if you, if you make your own music, you produce your own music, you own your own music, and then you can sort of exploit your own music however you see fit. So it, in right. a sense, is a product. And if we're not thinking about it that way, then we're missing out on ways that we can sustain ourselves and allow ourselves to continue to make art. It's like if we if we don't make money on the thing, how can we keep going? You know, that's an unless we're question. supplementing with another source of income, which a lot of people do and is totally legit and fine, and that's great. Well, and let me, but, I'll take I'll take it from my perspective. So yeah. a lot of the people, I'd say the majority of the people I work with are that. They're people who are supplementing with incomes outside the studio, incomes outside yeah. the recording stuff. And like, to me, as the person recording them, they are as important as someone who is making their whole living with music because they're my client. If you're my client and you're in front of me, I care about you as much as anybody else. And I wouldn't want right. to take a client on that doesn't. So like, from my perspective... As soon as you come through the door, I don't, I don't want to say I don't really care what happens outside of it, but what we have is like the time in the studio to do, to get what you need done. And I've found that people that are doing things that they can stand behind, you've done records that you don't like, I assume you've made enough records. So everyone I know that's made a record they don't like, they don't want to sell it. They don't want to show it to anybody. They don't want to promote it. So the best thing I think I can do for people is to give them a record they care about because then they're going to get excited about it. And if you're excited about something, that helps everybody else get excited. So that that's yeah. my that's the way I try to help people get a good product yeah. to sell. You know, it's interesting, man, because I, I, you know, thinking about that, I don't know that I've made a record that I don't like. I know that I've made a record where like, I'm better now than I was then. But that's at each every, stage, that's every it's record. like, yeah. yeah, like at each stage, it's like I could see... I can see the potential here. I can see the right. personality here. I can see the earnestness. I can see the care and the love, and I can hear that in the music. And my students, like my students, just now are hearing music that I released that Four Dad album that we recorded in your studio yep. Uh, yep. in like 2008. Oh yeah, it's like they're just hearing that stuff for the first time, and they all like it. And it's it, like, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's like I I don't like that stuff anymore, and I pulled it off of streaming because I was like, I don't want anybody to hear this. But I just put it back up on streaming today, this morning, because all my students are like, why isn't it on streaming? We want right. to listen to it. I've yep. been sending out the Dropbox link. you know. So your perspective as an artist isn't always isn't always the purest in terms of exactly in terms of like judging your own worth, you know? Yeah. Well what I tell people too is like hypothetically, in a like a best case scenario, every record you put out is the the best thing you've done, but also it it should be worse than the next thing you put out. Like that's absolute best case scenario. You're on an upward arc to always get better. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But like, yeah, you should, this record should make everything before it not feel quite as good to you. 
and your perspective for better or worse like your perspective is not other people's perspective so i think that's great that there are kids who are like that thing you don't like i love it there's lots of things i really like that people i know don't and like yeah i i I think it's cool to be able to tell someone oh that thing you hate i that's like my favorite thing yeah (laughs) you can't i don't know there's no you can't like you can't guess on some of that stuff but that's that's good yeah same thing. I, I feel the same way about that Wander album that you also recorded yep. and makes the the live one where we did yep. it at three different venues. Yeah, that one is like a Paul like Paul Taylor, this this really killing Memphis guitarist I just recently collaborated with. He was like, "Man, I've been listening to that album and I really like it." And, it's, and I was like, "No, that's the one you're listening to." You know, yeah. it's like I liked that at the time. I and I wanted to chase that music, and I still play some of those tunes. But yeah, it's like. You know, I listen back to it and I go, oh, I wish I would have done this differently or that differently or, you know, whatever. When, when would you ever not do that? Like, that, that's like everybody. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it is healthy to be able to find a way to, what's the right way to say it? Accept, accept what you don't like as a time capsule and yeah. let, just put a flag down and say, that's where I was right there. And also accept yeah. when people say, I like that better than something that you love because there are people like i I have a client that really something you said really stuck with me he's like man i i spent so much time working on some of these songs and then this one song that i just farted out in five minutes is everyone's favorite song yeah if you can't what are you going to do tell people no 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 i didn't work on that hard enough you shouldn't like that like yeah what's the I, i don't know so i think being able to be flexible with your critique is good i think having self critique is good too much self-critique and you're in an infinite loop of like, well, I should have's and oh no, that's yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And da, da. But or comparing not comparing yourself to other people. Right. And not enough. And yeah. you don't get, get better from it. So I don't know. It's, it's an ongoing process. Um, I'll tell you what, man. So many people have come on this podcast and said what you just said. So many people have been like, I didn't think this was the thing that was going to hit, but this was the thing that hit. It's always yep. some unexpected thing. Yep. And I just experienced that myself in a lesser extent, like not with something I released, but with an in- with a couple Instagram reels where I like duetted a couple people, and they're now like close to a thousand likes on each one, and right. and tens of thousands of views. And it's like, why is it that the thing that I farted out in five seconds, yep. like, I literally sat my phone where I'm sitting right now. I sat my phone up and played along without any mic, without any mixing, and yep. I just threw it up on Instagram. And I and one of them, I was like, man, I'm playing pretty sharp. Like I should have pulled out when I, you know, on my horn to play a little less sharp. Uh, ah, whatever, fuck it, I'll post it. And then after uh, after an hour long rehearsal, with my students, I like, come back and there's hundreds of likes on it. I'm like, oh fuck everybody's seeing this one you know it's like yep oh no but that you know it's also increased a whole bunch of engagement in what people in my other stuff now and like more people are following my instagram page because of it that's great so that's you know whatever i guess it's a i mean there's something positive yeah i mean i think there's two ways to think about it like there's something you said about like if something comes out easy and quick probably means it's good and it connects with people on an easy and quick level like you know what everyone likes pizza pizza is easy boom you can make this amazing deconstructed like oh it's a it's a drinkable steak and a uh, an edible milkshake oh it's a crazy you know chefy meal people will like that everybody loves pizza so sometimes i think it's okay to accept that like give the people what they want make it fast and people like going back to video stuff i've been doing one of the reasons i like doing the videos with the people in the studio which if you've seen any of them are all all real performances all yep. As I'm tracking, so the reason I'm doing it is I'm, I'm catching video as I'm tracking the songs. 
mm-hmm. so I can just go boop, line them up, and it's not like, oh, we got to make sure that the video lines up with the finished track. It is the finished track with the tracking video, and I think it's cool to see the process, and I think it's cool to see the honesty behind, like, this is what someone looks like when they're tracking a guitar part. It's not always cool because they're focusing. Yep. You know, I, I, people like to see all the sausages made, and they like radical honesty, and when you give them something that's just you being sharp on a horn, that's a tell yeah. that this isn't scrubbed and polished. It's just the thing you were like, here's me, and you give it to them, and that connects, yeah. I, I think. I think that connects with And everybody. now that everybody can scrub and polish everything, it's like we're desiring to see a little more honesty or hear a little more honest I mean, I've, I've been hoping... People have been saying that for years. I, I've been I've been hoping that's the case for years. I think it's a mixed bag. I think people still like perfection because perfection feels good. I get it. It does. Yep, yep, yep. But especially in the, because everything can be perfect, it's nice to have that flow to go back and be like, well, I like, uh, what is it? Wabi-sabi, right? It's uh, where a, a piece of pottery is cracked and then fixed with gold where like the crack is the part of the art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like to see the, that cool. little crack. I always, I say, um, what do I say? Burnt parts of like a burnt part on a piece of toast. That makes the toast good. I'm, lo- I'm looking for burnt parts. I like, I like the crunchy burnt parts in music. That's like, oh, that's wrong, but it's better than right because it's wrong. Like so that that sharp yeah. note, maybe it's better than being in tune. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Josh was just saying that in the last episode. He was talking about uh, he was talking about in- s- small imperfection. He's in sync licensing, so right. He's like little things that make your track sound human. Oh are yeah, important. Yeah, it makes that, it sound I, real. It makes it sound I, you know. <laughs> I've had a lot of not fights, but I, I've I've put my foot down in the studio with bands to be like that thing you want me to get rid of. That's the thing people are gonna like. You need to yeah. leave that. Oh, that that mistake you made. You have to leave that because that makes that that's like a a thing that grabs like this, and then it like hooks the rest of everything together. And if you yeah. get rid of all those little spots, and you just get like a nice flat, smooth. Yep. record which is cool and like i get the appeal of doing it like when i've edited when i when i've had to edit stuff or when i've had to tune things i get the appeal of perfection it feels good and i try to fight that as much as i can because <laughs> too much yeah. of that and it's just bland bland soup bland salad nothing fancy right man i was i think about that as an improviser too like i i think about solos that i've taken on things and where right. like something came out that I wasn't expecting, which can happen on trumpet where you overshoot a note or you undershoot. And that's sometimes my favorite part of a solo because it sounds different than what I always play. And it's like, oh, that's cool how I missed that thing. Exactly. You know, there's something, something like that on a new album I put out in December with the with the Supercell guys. And yep. It was definitely like somebody in the audience goes, woo! Oh yeah! It, you know? oh, like, oh, that's whoops! Yeah. I didn't mean to <laughs> you hear that in the recording. So like, I didn't even mean to play that, but I, it sounded rad. Oh, that rocks! Oh yeah, no, I love yeah. uh, it's just little little things like that. Where like, I mean, this is I I am not branching into new territory with thinking about how to make art, but like accepting the thing that happened and making it part of the thing. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes your life easier. Like my my philosophy yeah. in the studio is like I like people. I like people to sound the way they want to sound because then I can just capture what they sound like and then we're good instead of having like, you know, expectations for this, not even like a good or bad thing, but like if your expectations over here and you sound like this, just do the thing that sounds like this. If you're trying to get over here, but you're here, this is a lot of work just going like this. And now you can spend the time like delving into what makes this good. And I, I, I find that more pleasing for myself. And I, because I act like that, I feel like I tend to get, 
I get clients that want to sound like that, and then the records sound like that. So that that's the that's what I'm trying to roll up is people that can have that kind of rat not not radical honesty, but like sound like what they sound like. Because yep. I'm just I'm just intrinsically lazy. I just want people to just do the thing, <laughs> like boom. Okay, you're yeah, done. Great. Yeah. First take. I know that's awesome. not true, man. You know, I I also think zooming out. It's 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 healthy for us to 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 find some way to accept ourselves as we are and love right. ourselves and and go like that's a beautiful thing that I just made, even right. though it's imperfect. You know, right. it's like there's a certain process as an artist that's i think that's an important side of it too and and getting rid of the like constantly comparing yourself to other people and constantly going like is this as good as so and so or is this the way it should be it oh, of will, course. will uh will my mentors like this you know what i mean it's oh, like well, this is me yeah. i mean and that's i mean for better or worse like you're playing the game way more than i am but like not just music but everything online is like that now like because you have the panopticon of being able to see everybody doing everything it's so it is incredibly easy to compare yourself all the time and there are good things that can come of it for sure but like man talk about an unhealthy brain space to be in it's always being like what are other people doing like just being able to cloister yourself and that again like at my space I like to keep it very like when you're here there is no outside there's no windows there's nothing you're in the room it could be 10 a.m. and you could be playing like it's 10 p.m. Like you, I, I want you to focus on what's happening in here and not thinking too much. You are right. The thinking about how to monetize and do all that stuff. It is really important. But boy, I yeah. I just don't I don't think the time for that is. Boom. When the, the record, when the record's on. Yeah. You need to be able to get here. Totally. You know, so I, I try to get that to push that away from people as much as I can. I've only had a couple people in the process be like. So how do I make money with this? And I'm just like, now is, <laughs> now is not the time. Now is not the time for this. Uh, that before, definitely think about it maybe. After, definitely think about it. But literally right now, I need you to focus on your hi-hat. <laughs> like you need to yeah. play, play that hi-hat and rhythm right. And then we'll deal with yeah. you making money on your music. Right. Uh, so yeah. go, going back to like uh, developing as an artist, sure. I imagine it's similar being an engineer. I mean, you're both a musician and an engineer. So like as an engineer, do you do you go back and listen to things that you mixed 10 years ago and go like, oh, if I would have done this differently or whatever? Or do you just kind of are you able to accept that as a as a timestamp and move on in the same way that an artist might? I mean, kind of sort of. I mean, I almost do the opposite where I'll go back and I'll listen to stuff I've done and going like, how did I do that? Like, what? that's oh, awesome. Cool. Like what? What? I, oh, I need to do that again. I forgot I used to do that. Like, I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I tend to, I don't know, man. I treat, like, I'm definitely like a caveman in the studio. Like, I'm not a precise technical boy. I'm very finger painty. So, like, there's some things I used to do that I don't do anymore. And I'll listen back to a record and be like, I need to start doing that again because that's super mm. neat. Oh, I wish I had done that. So, it's almost backwards where I'm like, I wish I had done that in the brand new thing I did. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know I, and yes obviously you can go back and listen to tracks and be like I could have done that better but I I don't know I I always listen back and I'm sometimes I'm really pleasantly surprised by how good stuff holds up um, especially considering yeah. you know, I mean like when you first met me like I was doing stuff in my bedroom and out of people's practice spaces and some of that stuff sounds great and part of me goes like I need to get back to that vibe some you know I, sure. I I have a nice space and nice gear I need to get back to remembering I think it's important to take take the stuff you were doing when you were having to do things because you didn't have equipment and remember that you can still do that even when you have the chops like i would say it's probably the same way with chops like yes you can do yep. all these awesome things what about that one silly trick you learned 
when you really early on, that was the one thing that made everyone go, woo, when you were soloing, like, it's okay to pull that out, even though it's yeah not hard, like, doing simple stuff can be cool. So, yeah, so I, I'd say it's a combination. Yes, I've heard, I, I go back and go, I could do that better, but I like to, I like to go back and go, what can I take from that to make what I'm doing now better? I think that's yeah. a, a slightly healthier way to look at it. Yeah. So, I, you know, you mentioned uh, starting out, in, you know, in your bedroom, recording people and stuff. Can you talk? It seems like you, you had a, a few steps, at least getting from there to where you are now, owning right. your own studio. Are you by yourself? Do you have a partner in this current nope. studio? Because you did. Yeah. So you're by yourself. You had a partner. Right. With uh, the previous space. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. And maybe before that, you're in your bedroom. Right. Before that, we're working at Birch Creek Fine Arts Center together <laughs> in 2006. You know, don't, and, don't say uh, dates. <laughs> And you're driving us, <laughs> and you're driving us around in your van. So, uh, how do you get from? How does a young person who wants to own their own studio, who's maybe getting an audio engineering degree, or who's like really, uh, who's really pounding out some work in their own space, right. how do they get from a home studio uh, in their bedroom to a space of their own? Uh, being able to financially afford that and all that stuff. Well, I gotta go. See you later. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. Um, uh, I would say the most. <sighs> or how did you? How did you do it? I guess. No, it's probably I, a better I think way I, of... I can answer both. I can answer both. Um, I'm trying to think of which one to start with. I mean, first off, be incredibly fortunate because holy shit! Like being able to do this is not. Like, I'm definitely not the kind of person that's like, I did everything. Like, I, I was in the right place and right time to work with cool bands, to have access to equipment, to have a partner who also is, like, a, f- a full person who works a job. And I have yeah. parents that are healthy. And now I have a seven-year-old who's also healthy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, there yeah. um, we... we so many things come together to be able to make this work that like part of doing anything is just like I just be really lucky sometimes like you know all the cards have to align that being said something I think I'm good at is going oh that's an opportunity okay I'll do that instead of like I didn't have a firm path for what I wanted to do in my life I would just go a good example when I started when I was starting out I was actually going to go to Madison for journalism was my first Hmm. So that was my first thing I was going to do for college. Uh, a guidance counselor in high school went, hey, UW Oshkosh will give you a way better scholarship. And they have a recording mm. degree in their music department. And I was like, cool, that's awesome. So I just did that, partially because I wanted to do recording, but also because I had a better scholarship. So I could go yeah. and spend less money in college, come out with less debt. Um, oh, that's the other thing. As little debt as humanly possible. I think that's really, <laughs> that's not always a thing you can do, but oh man, being able to do things without having a big chunk of debt looming over your head can be helpful. Um, but that's, yeah. but I, I would say probably the most important thing is just to do it. Playing music, recording music, doing anything, you do what you do. So like I was just doing a lot of recording and then I kept doing recording and then people would ask me to do more recording, and I would do more recording, and now I'm doing recording. I could see Did a path. Yeah. Focus on a genre, or were you just like anything? I'm a loud boy. I do a lot of heavy, weird stuff. I would say I focus on. <sighs> I get a lot of people that don't fit in other places. Like I, I like recording people that a want to sound like themselves, and b are often misfits within their own genres. So like I do a lot of loud, heavy stuff, but it's not. 
certain kinds. It's definitely like weirder, more angular, which also ties in with doing jazz stuff. Like I like doing jazz yeah. stuff because a lot of those people are also doing weird, angular, not yep. super poppy stuff all the time. So I I think it all kind of fits. Um, but I really, I'd say the number one thing other than like being fortunate and looking for opportunities to do to, to make things work whenever you can just do it a lot. Like I went to school with kids that I, like when I was in college, I was recording for fun on my spare time. I had a mobile rig. I'd take to people's spaces. I'd use the room at the, you know, the school. And I would meet kids that were in the recording program that weren't recording. And I was like, but don't you want to do this? <laughs> like, wait, what's you, what do you want to do? Like you can just record, especially nowadays when it's so easy to do it. Do you have, an iPad, you can go record a band. You can do it. Mm -hmm. And it can sound pretty good. Like the tools yep. these days are like, I know, you know, but like Lewis, my seven year old has an, a, you know, an iPad open up garage band. And it's like, yep, that's my job. There's the mix page. Yep. You can multi-track yeah. record. And that, that's literally what I do. So anyone can do it. And you don't have to have any special skills. It's just being there and doing it. Like playing music. Are you going to gig? Are you going to get out there and try to do stuff? Just do it. Um, yeah. 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 Yep. And then, so how did you yeah. move then from, how did you move then from like you, you found a partner and that's how you made that first space work. And that was how you were able to kind of scale to be on your own yep. or, or yep, yeah. pretty much. I mean, and it's just getting older too. Like it's amazing what happens if you just keep doing things and accumulating things. And then eventually you have enough things accumulated to be able to, you know, leverage that into, you know, a building or a house. It's the same thing. I mean, it's like buying a house too. Like how do you get a house? Well, you got to, just do stuff for a while and then hopefully you have the means to do it. And again, that's, I feel very fortunate that I was able to make that all line up. Like there's definitely no cheat code. Like it's just sometimes things fall into place. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, let me think just, yeah, being there and doing it. I mean, cause I was at my old space for like 14 years. It was a long yep, time. Long time. Um, and like I, I specifically got a space that was relatively cheap, kind of weird. Like I was willing to live yep. with, I'd say that's something you could take away is like, um, I am very willing to live with not perfect. I am not a chase than perfect kind of guy. And I think that gives me mm -hmm. the flexibility to just do stuff. Like I'm definitely a, just do it, just get it done. Whatever. If I'd spent my whole career trying to build the perfect space or to be like the perfect recording engineer, I wouldn't do anything. Like I'm not going to be perfect, but I can push and get stuff done. So like this building too, like when I was having, you know, I was in the middle of building it. I knew for a fact there's certain things I had to get done because as soon as it was time to land it, whether or not they were good or not, it needs to get done. So, yeah, boom, get it done. So there's lots of weird idiosyncrasies about my new space that I know for a fact are weird or not correct, but I don't care. I'm using it. And I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. So whatever. Yeah. So accepting yeah, accepting the way things are, I think, feels like the theme of this conversation. Like, yeah, it, change yeah, is good, but also space. Your previous space, it was a basement space. Mm -hmm. There were businesses above, right. so you couldn't record after a certain time, right? I mean... Uh, or like during a certain times of the day, maybe? Sort of. I mean, I would say that's also a thing with recording is like, if you're in a space next to other people, make friends with the other people you're next to. Because it's amazing what you can do if you just have cool neighbors that like you. Oh, that's right. Be nice. That's probably the most important thing is don't be a dick. <laughs> Because you know who yeah. doesn't survive anymore is dicks. Like, if you are yeah. not... The, the way I used to look at it is like... I still look at it. Back in the day to do my job, you had to have not just you, but like the 
the corporation or the, you know, the label you work for had to have all this equipment that no one else could have because it was prohibitively expensive. It was incredibly hard to run and upkeep. And, you know, it was just a cloistered few had access to the good stuff. And then you could be as much of an asshole as you wanted to be because there's no choice. This day and age, there's infinite choices. Everyone can record themselves. There's a million people who will do it for free. There are people, and they're really good at it. Like, there's so many things out there that what you have to be good at is being cool and listening to people and trying to help. Because once you do that, yeah. people love that. Like, because, yes, like, of course they do. So don't be a dick, <laughs> I think would probably be a good, don't be a dick, take opportunities when you get them and just do it all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's a cool. good, that's probably good advice for pretty much everything, I suppose, huh? Totally, man. So you're uh, you're a bass player. You mm-hmm. play both jazz and metal. Oh, uh, and I know I know a couple of other bass players that function in both of those worlds. What, what is they, it? The, yeah, <laughs> about you guys doing both. Is there some kind of connective tissue between oh, jazz music and, and metal? Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So t- tell me about that. Oh man. Well, I mean, uh, uh, chops is one for sure. Because like to do heavy yeah. stuff, like. There's a lot of things about it that involve just like weirder, more out there things you have to do with your physicality. So there's always crossover like that. I say jazz uh, drums specifically, like drums crossover probably the hardest because a lot of the really crazy stuff you have to do in heavy music is similar to a lot of the stuff you have to do in jazz as far as like just complexity and all that kind of stuff. So there's actually, I'd say probably the most, if they're really kind of crossover, jazz and metal drummers have the most like crossover as far as like skills between the two but it's you know again it's music that's not i don't want to say not the norm but like it's a little bit off the beaten path it can get abrasive and weird big dynamics uh uh niche audiences too niche niche audiences yep exactly yep yep, that's that's interesting to me yep and being able to deep dive i mean i guess you can do that with any music really but like being able to go like i really like this specific genre that was only really around for a couple years or like this group of musicians that were making music and just dive into it. And I think jazz and heavy stuff have a very similar crossover where it's like, I want to listen to just these specific recordings from the sixties. And I really like the way these bands were these jazz groups are doing it. I really like these recordings from the nineties from these really specific death metal bands from Florida. And I just want to listen to their demo tapes and then you deep dive yeah. into that. So it's, it allows yeah. people to, it, it, they're both genres for people that are good at going deep and there's also you know there's broadness but like there's all the depth you can go into um but so yeah, those examples yeah. sound like those examples sound pretty personal to you yeah are is that are, like do you feel like you so brian courage was on the show not long ago talking about important expanse and mm-hmm. and talking about you he talked about you and your skills as an engineer and he basically was like tucker is one of the best metal engineers in the world and <laughs> Sure. I was pretty blown away by I mean that was I, I figured you'd say that, but you know, like I was pretty blown away by that. I was like, man, that is so cool to hear. So I'm curious, like, do you does your approach to, to doing heavy metal stuff or death metal stuff, uh, and your approach to doing jazz stuff, like is do you have a unique approach because you've got uh both of those things that you've deep dived on as a listener as an engineer i mean I, I certainly wouldn't say unique like there's lots of other engineers that have that kind of crossover too like i mean it's it, it's just the nature of the game especially being a bass player like 
at some point, if you're a bassist, people are going to ask you to do all kinds of stuff. So I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if lots of other bass players that just have to cross genres because someone's like, oh, I need someone to do this thing. Can you try this thing? Especially if you're a jazz bass player and you have the skills for it, yeah. you get asked to do all kinds of stuff because people know you can play. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I keep coming back to the honesty thing. Like, some, you know me. Like, something I like about my jazz, my, my jazz stuff is I want it to sound like people sound. Like, I'm not a fan of overly analytical things all the time. I like to hear the band playing because that's what's interesting to me. And that comes across in the way I do heavy stuff too. Like I'm interested in the band playing. Like I don't want to hear, Yeah. I don't love hearing me. Like there's a lot, of, especially in heavy music, there's a lot of, you can hear the engineer doing the things where it's like, oh, that drums, those drums don't sound like that. That's the engineer taking a hundred hours and tweaking all these drums to be perfect. And it sounds rad, but it doesn't sound like the drummer. I like to be able to hear a record and go, that's that person playing. That's the way that person plays that drum. And that's something about jazz I like too, is going like, that's the way, you know, I, I can hear exactly how Eric Dolphy sounds because when he hits his horn, you're like, that's Eric Dolphy. And there's no like, yeah. Oh, it could be any sax player. Like I like to hear unique voices on instruments. And that's what I try to dig out of people kind of in, in any work I do, but really in heavy stuff. Cause it is so easy to be, we're using the same plugins as everybody. We're using the same drum replacers as everybody. So it sounds like everybody. Yep. So I try to combat that by making you sound like, for better or worse, it's going to sound like nobody else and it's going to sound like you. So yeah. if and you're cool, like yeah. that, as an artist, that's like the ultimately the most important thing. You want somebody to be able to turn on a record and go, that's Adam Eckler on trumpet. Like I, I can do that with any, you know, with Dizzy, with Miles and right. Clifford. And it's like, I can go, uh, Chet Baker the other day, Jan was turning on a recording and she goes, who is this? And I go, that's Chet Baker. And she goes, what year? And I go, 1955. And it was 1953. It's like, I didn't know the recording, <laughs> but I could hear in his, I could like hear in his tone and the, his approach to playing. I just right. knew right away that's Chet Baker. It's the same idea, you know, when I hear Miles, I hear Miles play one long note and I go, that's Miles. It's It's like you, and it's not necessarily the, it's not necessarily the facility and the technique that's like, oh, wow, that's... And, and if, if that is a characteristic of Dizzy Gillespie, but you can hear Dizzy Gillespie play, play a couple notes and go, that's Dizzy because of the sound of his right. instrument, right? So it's like capturing that sound has got to be paramount to to an artist becoming themselves <laughs> I mean, on recording. I, I would I would hope so, but I, I mean, again, you go back to the thing, like the, how do I make money with this? I think a lot of people get hung up, I, I'm sure in the jazz world too, but like people get hung up on well, what's industry? What's industry standard? Like, what what is everyone doing? That's like, why does this band that's really popular? Can, what, what, can we sound like that? And like, I yeah, I know for a fact I don't get work because I don't go. I can make you sound like that because it's I, I can make I can bend. Like, there's ways I can bend things to make people sound like you can kind of go over here, go over here. But if again, if you're trying to get from here to here. Sometimes you just can't make that gap bridge. And that's when I find the absolute hardest sessions happen is where you're trying to get to a place that's hard to get to. And I just don't want to do that because it's not fun. I'd rather, yeah. if, it's, if it's all the same time in the studio, I'd rather have it be, oh, that's awesome. Now we can do this other awesome thing. And this is super cool and interesting instead of like, okay, whew, how are we going to, how am I going to string out this chord to get it to connect to make it work? Like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, I, I don't know. So you think people swimming upstream a little bit, right? And I, I not to say there's something I don't have a problem with engineers or bands that want to go like we are trying to sound like this thing that we are not. I think that's cool. I, there's a lot of art I listen to where I think 
it's very studio specific and obviously the band can't do it live, but it's an art piece and it sounds great. I think that's cool. The problem is where there's a disconnect between this is what we sound like and what we're recording and this is what we want to sound like. If you know you want to sound like this and that's the way we come in, totally fine. But it's the communication up front. Oh, that's another one. Uh, how do you do this job? Uh, tr- communicate with people. Listen when people tell yeah. you things. Listen to what they want to do. Um, just p- pay attention and try to like think, how can I help people do the thing? So when someone comes to me and says, I want to sound like this, and I go, okay, well, you sound like this. Well, how can I help them get there? Like, especially before they track. This is all, again, this comes back to like, what can we do before and after the recording? Because when you're in the recording process, sometimes it's just like the wheels are up and we're going. There's not a lot of change we can do. You're going to sound like what you sound like. But if I can see someone, like I've done a couple things where I've gone and seen bands in advance and been like, okay, well, you want to sound like this. We're recording in two months. These are things I would do if I was you leading up to it with practice and with, you know, analyzing your songs to get it closer to here so yep. that you don't come in where you are now. Cause if you come in where you are now, we're not gonna be able to get to where you want to be. So, right. you know, thinking like having, I think having intent is really important with music. Yep. And I, I, I like yep. to make people tell me what their intent is so that I can help them. Like, I don't, I don't want to be in charge of everything you're doing. I need to know what you want and then I can, help so maybe i think that's if people say they like me it's probably because i am a mirror and people like themselves so i think a lot of times people people like me because they like what they're doing and they get it out of i I can help them see what they're doing and put it out so i i like to i like to just be a part of the process and then just make people's brains recognize what they're seeing in the mirror i think that that can be a really healthy thing yeah are you also producing records or like there are some engineers who are like producers and engineers are you getting like points on some records and is that another avenue of income for you or is it no. all just like i do the work for you to record and that mix one. and master I, yeah. I again mostly because of the way i work i i wouldn't even have the opportunity like i'm working with so many I, someone i can't remember who said it to me once someone once said it's probably the hardest time ever to make money with the music you're making but it's also probably the easiest time ever to make enough money on it to pay for doing it so like the break-even point is way easier in making music, which is cool because huh. that means that a lot more people can make music. You know, if you don't have to make your living doing it, suddenly these people can make amazing art and they don't have to worry about like, well, if I don't make this much money, I can't do it again. And that means that people that aren't professional musicians are getting in the game. And there's a lot of really talented non-professional musicians out there that yep, are just totally they're doing it for fun and they're making awesome stuff. And then they go back to their day job and a lot of times people don't even hear their records. Like I, there's a lot of albums I've done where not a lot of people have heard them. And it's just like, man, that's so good. <laughs> that's such a good yeah. record. But like you didn't do it for other people. You did it for you. And I think that's important. Like I, it, I, I don't know. I come at it from a different, a different place, but, um, but you know, the points cool. thing, but the points thing, I, I don't even know if I'd want to do that. If I had the option, like it, I like the cleanness of just going, you're paying for my time and you're paying for my services. And when that's done, you know i would hate to like have to chase down a band to like be like you you're not paying me money like i that doesn't feel like something that would make my brain happy so i i I don't know i i I just don't feel like that's a thing i'd want to do um but the producing thing the producing thing is interesting i think there's a mismatch sometimes with engineers and bands when a band either doesn't want the engineer to be a producer and the engineer starts producing where they're like, I'm going to change all your stuff because I'm, you know, I'm the engineer, 
But if you don't talk about that with someone in advance, I I feel like that's again communication, like expectation yep. management. Am I a creative part of your process? And there's no way you can do this job without having some creative input, obviously. But right. it helps when bands can explicitly be like, we really want your input. We're open to it. Awesome. Say that out loud. More, I think more importantly is to know when it's not your place. I think a lot of engineers, because you can go, well, I'm just going to fix this thing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to tell you about it. Yeah. When I fix people, I tend to tell them to be like, do you want to get better? This is a problem. We should fit. I'm going to, I can fix this now. You should listen back to this and try to get better at it. So next time you come in, you don't, I don't have to fix it. I think that's healthy. I think that helps people. Um, and I, I think the mismatch between what the job is causes friction in the studio. Um, the flip side is if a band really wants someone to be creative and the engineer just goes, is that, is that good enough? If someone says, yeah. is that, is that, is that, is that good enough for you? That is often a tell that they're checked out, which happens. Yeah. I, I get it. Not I, into I, it. Yeah. I do get it. I mean, and like, I, I've said things like that, but I, I try to couch it a little bit where I'll be like, like th if, if that's good enough for you, that's fine. I might do some, I might change it. I might do something different. I might want another one. But if someone tells me twice, that's what I want. Even if something's, I, 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 I have a good story about this. So I was recording someone who came in, wanted to do a vocal and an electric guitar. Great. They started playing and the guitar was pretty out of tune. And I was like, oh, I should yeah. get you, I'll, I'll get you a tuner. And they went, no. And in, internally I was like, whoa, interesting. And I said, are you yeah. sure? Are, are you sure? Because you're out of tune. And he went, all right, I'll tune the G string and I'll tune the rest of the strings to that by ear. And that's it. And I was like, sold. Whatever that vibe is, that's so, <laughs> that's so specific. I love it. I love it. Whatever, whatever you have in your head, I want to see what this is because that's what you want. Now, if you come back to me in a month and been like, man, why is my guitar so out of tune? I'd have been like, you <laughs> but yeah, I, tr right. I, I trust people when they tell me this is what I want to sound like. And a lot of times that has benefits. Like there's tones I've heard that on the face of them sound terrible. You put it in the mix and you're like, oh, context matters. You wrote your entire album around this weird tone. If I had immediately just been like, you're not using that because it sounds bad. Use this. The whole record's ruined. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, tr I trust people when they tell me this is what I'm doing. And I think sometimes, again, where friction comes is where a band's like, we want to do it like this. And the producer's like, I'm, well, the producer, the engineer is like, well, I'm yeah, going to tell you yeah. to go like this. <laughs> there it is. And that can make cool stuff happen. But boy, like, I, I don't know, man, like that just ends up for me feeling like people fighting against each other. And every now and then those yep. fights make really interesting art. But yep. I don't there's got to be some great too. Like there's great examples of intonation being totally fucked and and having the be great record i mean it's absolutely like don cherry and Orna coleman playing all together totally stuff. out of tune um, all the um, new orleans brass bands down there man they're all playing badly out of tune it's um, part of the vibe mo uh, money jungle money jungle Ell yeah, uh, garage rock well no money so money jungle ellington uh max roach yeah the ellington and mingus yeah and all right it was uh, mingus and max were fighting in the studio and it sounds like it because the music is just like, ah, and Mingus is just scraping. He's pulling the string off the fretboard and just dicking around for like long periods of time. And it sounds, 
it sounds like people having a bad time and Ellington's just in the middle being like, come on guys, come on. <laughs> please just play the songs. But it sounds awesome. So like you get cool records out of conflict, but like, I would say that's not always, that's the exception that proves the rule as opposed to like, oh, you got to make every session a nightmare and then you get great records now. Uh, I, I would rather yeah. have good communication and trust and, and bad, that, bad, bad intonation doesn't always represent conflict either. I mean, no, like, no, 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 bad no, no. Intonation that, can be purposeful. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, again, look at good vocalists, like because because you can slap a tuner on any vocalist now. You can see, like, oh, that's how uh, that's how Bowie approaches a note, and that's how he's sharp and then comes down. Or like, you know, you can see the little fingerprints for what makes a person a person. And if you take too much time scrubbing that out, it's like having smooth smooth fingers. There's no fingerprint. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. I, I, but again, I don't say that to critique engineers that do that because sometimes the sound is the process and that's great when that's what the intent is. And that's my, that's where I come, that's where the head start button for me is where it's like, is the intent to make a totally studioed out perfect record where you can really hear the engineer or is it to make a more transparent record where you hear the band and if you don't know which one is which as you're working, you know, I could have a band come in. And this is why I try to be so open about it. I don't want a band come to me and go, we want to sound very uber produced and very specific and then have me not do that. I want to know if they want to sound like that so that I can have a conversation with them about like, well, that's not always the way I work. Are you cool if it sounds like this? Because I don't want to disappoint someone that wants something that I don't do. So, you know, I'm not trying to trick people into working with me. I try to. I'd yep. be very open with like, this is what I sound like. And if you don't like it, I, I'm not going to get offended. Like there's a lot right. of other people to work with. And the only thing there are more of than engineers is bands. So there's mm. always bands and they keep making them younger and younger. Oh, all these young kids. Oh, they're so talented. Oh, oh they're so talented. Oh, so good. Yeah. We got to get uh, Augie and Lewis to start a band together. Oh man. Yeah. Got to get. I have a feeling I have a feeling Louis is gonna be more of a drummer boy than anything else. I think he's uh, definitely got that caveman attitude. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so you're you're a you're you're a parent. Uh, like, how do you feel like? Like, are you? I don't want to say pushing music on your kid, but how do you approach trying to put m- instruments in front Hell of your child? Yeah, I'm pushing it on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, man. I you know like it's so interesting. I was just saying this the other day to a friend that like. Augie did this thing at school about uh, about dad. It was a while ago. And it was like, dad likes this and dad likes that. And it was like, dad loves to shoot hoops and play basketball. Dad loves the Steelers. Dad loves these other things. Never mentioned music in any of it. And Interesting. I was, like, I was like, is that, am I not? Huh. Do I love music in his eyes? Is, am I happier when I'm doing those other things? You know, it was such an eye opener. Yeah. And I thought like, I thought like I you know I'd be happy with whatever I really want my kids to love music and right. I want them to see that I love music and I want them to like they hear me practicing all the time they hear me playing guitar and writing songs they hear me playing piano and singing it's like they they hear me doing that all I'm I'm constantly right. playing when I'm home so it's like they're just in it and I think that when your tribe makes music you're going to make music it's not like you're forcing it's not like you're forcing things on your kids. They're just growing up in the language, and so they're going to know the language. You know, it's just like they're they're just absorbing it. And so, yeah. 
they can decide whether they want to like do music professionally or go major in music in college some other time. Uh, but it's like, uh, they're definitely going to play music. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Like Hobbs, he's singing all the time and he's this morning he was singing something and we were like, did you make that up, buddy? Is that a song? And he goes, no, I just made it up. You know? <laughs> so we're like, Oh, awesome. you wrote that. You wrote that song. We can help you figure it out on piano. Yep. And then we'll go to, and he's five, you know? And so Augie, takes piano lessons now and and you know we'll go like before you can play minecraft you got to practice your piano but we try it's like we don't try to frame it that way we try to go like all right it's piano and then minecraft we're putting two things together that are fun right it's piano and then minecraft you know so it's not like so it's not like uh it's not a drag to have to practice right uh but then you also see like my niece uh Jake's daughter Addie, she's just like, she just is at the piano all the time. I mean, cool. like at least when we were at, at the Christmas house during Christmas, there's a piano there, and she's just there. It's like nobody has to go. Addie, go practice piano. Right. She's making up songs. She's playing chords. She's doing all kinds of stuff all That's on cool. her own because she's just drawn to it. And so I see a little more of a natural draw. But then when Augie's around her for a week, he comes home and he's playing all the songs that she played and she's teaching him stuff when we're there. And so, so then he's a little hungrier cause there's a kid that his, his age that's more into that's it. Cool. And so part of it's that too. A part of it's just like your social environment. It's like kids at school are into Pokemon cards. So he's into Pokemon cards. And so like if kids at school were into piano, he'd be more into piano, but they both play trumpet. They both sing all the time, and they're both great at all those things. They both can keep a steady beat, and it's like they they know that stuff because they've grown up in it. Augie, there's pictures of Augie as a two year old playing trumpet on stage in front of me playing bass. You know, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that with Louis? I mean, it's it's obviously I'm doing less music in the home than you are. So like, I, I think the go for me, I want to try to figure out like what he's into and like move move with it but i think there is a certain amount of like like the lessons thing is an interesting one like a kid's not going to go out and get piano lessons on his own you do have to like yep put them into that a bit so i'm, I'm trying to figure out the yep. balance between like steering him towards something and giving him the opportunity to see if he likes it but like i also wouldn't want to be like you have to do this thing even though that could that could be beneficial if you want them to do the thing, but at some point, like they're a person and they need to make their own choices too. I don't know. There but was a moment. Yeah. I mean, like if they decide later on that that's what they want to do, then they have that foundation right. of yep. piano, you know? And like, I think that's because there's plenty of people who said my mom had to make me practice. And then all of a sudden I really fell in love with this one right. album and I really wanted to make music. And I was really happy that my right. mom made me practice all those years. But my mom always told me, I never had to tell you to practice. Yep. It's almost you like you just pe- came home and played your trumpet. It's like kids are different. It's like all kids are just a little bit different. And there's it's no almost like there's no different. there's no hard and fast rule to do anything. <laughs> like it's yeah. all situational yeah. and person based. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I, I did have there was one moment recently where Lou like out of nowhere was just like when, when I get older, can I come help you in the studio? And I was like, Yes, you could come right <laughs> now. Come right now. Yeah. Like I am I do yes, do please do that. So that was yeah. that was nice. Um and he's yeah. getting old enough now that like, you know, he comes and hangs out and like you know, he's mostly he's just kind of here like doing his own thing. But yeah, I'm trying to have him be in the space to feel like this is what it feels like to be here. I'm probably gonna yeah. uh, pretty soon I'm gonna get him set up because he's also walking around singing songs where I'm like, that's pretty good. I'm gonna get him a little <laughs> home because you know, it's really easy to get a home recording set up, so I'm gonna get him like a little looper and a microphone and we're going to plug it into his iPad and just have him 
be able to go like do your own if you feel like doing something could be anything record yourself mess around like yeah why not like give them the give them the tools early and just like see what happens i don't know yeah i've set augie up with my 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 midi keyboard and a microphone nice and then i just create a bunch of tracks and pro tools and then i just tell them when you want to make another layer let me know and we'll go back to the beginning and i'll hit record and i just kind of Walked him through it. That was like maybe when he was five, and he did a cool. whole bunch of that. I've got some, a bunch of stuff of him just layering a whole bunch of stuff, singing, playing keyboard. Awesome. You know, and he didn't really know. He hadn't taken piano lessons really yet at that time. Maybe he oh, was just great. starting. But No, that's good. I think putting yeah. like, putting tools in front of kids, giving them some, some directional pushes, but also like being able to see where they want to go with it. Because like if my kid doesn't want to do anything involved with music, fine like, i don't know like maybe he's got yeah. a brain for something else like i'm not going to be mad about it i think again it comes back to like expectation management and listening not to try to yeah. bring circles around but like you can only push so much and sometimes the right thing to do is to follow that path of least resistance because sometimes that lets you get places faster because it's what's it's what's happening and you can fight against stuff and sometimes that's important but like i don't know man like yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I imagine as a kid it must be pretty pretty stinking cool to see your cool ass dad sitting in a cool ass studio I recording have, a bunch of cool ass bands. I have no idea. I also think the opposite could be true where he's like Yeah. And, and actually and this is why I was gonna say this is one reason why Augie might have not said anything about music. He's just like, Oh yeah, that's just like the that's just like the thing my dad does, whatever. But what he likes is this stuff. Yeah. Like you're you're so into it that it's just like not even he wouldn't even think about it as being a thing that you could or could not like it's like well my dad is yeah. music so he just is that it's like saying my dad has uh you know whatever whatever color eyes you have i don't even know he's yeah. just got those color he's just got those eyes but he loves the steelers you know hazel eyes oh ooh, very fancy i don't know man i uh i i think i keep coming back to like do the do the thing you do because that is like it just happens to be the apparently this is the thing i do like i, I i've been doing it long enough that i just I, it's what i do you know so if if yeah if you want to get good at trumpet you gotta just play trumpet doesn't even mean practice yeah. trumpet all the time it just means you have to play be there just think play. about it just do it like, fall and, in love with it yeah you gotta fall in love with it that's ultimately it yep so you have to fall in love with playing because you're gonna have to play all the time there's fundamentals there's certain things you're gonna have to buckle down and do but if you can just fall in love with playing yeah whatever and i'd say even playing along the recordings yep. you like or and doing it early too because at some point like if you get, you're right about the momentum. You get that momentum going, you get that base set early. There can be periods where you're like, eh, I don't love it, but I'll still do it. Yep. And then you can sustain those periods where you can come back around and be like, no, I love it again. Because if you have a hard yep. and fast love of something 24-7 all the time for your whole life, that sounds psychotic. There's, there's going to yeah. be a point where you're <laughs> like, I, I don't like this. Like, I get it. Like, yep. I, I was just talking, I'm almost 40, and like, I know engineers that were... You know, working at studios that were at this point, I realize now like twelve years younger than I am now. They're like, I'm so burned out. Like, yeah, it, you can burn yourself out. Like, doing any job will burn you out. Like, this is a yep, job. Yep. Like, recording is a job. You're the way you're doing music is a job. And at some point, yep. you're gonna not always have that. Like, oh, I just love it, which is healthy because that's how people take advantage of you. Where they're like, oh, you just love doing this, right? Like, well, yeah. No, I sure, mean it's yep, a job yep. though. So like, no. <laughs> So you have to yeah. pay me like it's a job. And once you do that, at least for me, like, like if I can, when I get someone to agree to like, this is the rate, this is what it's going to cost. 
We agree to it. Everybody's cool. Now I can stop thinking about that yeah. and just do the fun thing. I, I like to, I like to not have to think about that so I can focus on the art. I'm sure you're the same way. We're like, if you're worrying about, again, this comes back to how am I going to get paid? If you're worrying about that in the art process, man, that's distracting. So being able to yeah. not have to think about that, I think can be a really healthy thing. Um, yeah, but I don't know, man, totally. do just do, do it a lot. Don't be a dick. Listen to people and, and just be, just be, uh, be on it as much as you possibly can and be willing to accept that sometimes it's not always going to be fun. That's the other thing too, is if you think it's always going to be fun, well, you're wrong. <laughs> There's lots of times yeah. with the studio or with any art where it's like, oh, the thing I loved is the thing I hate now. The word, like the, the classic, <laughs> the classic tragedy. Like I know lots of kids yeah. I went to school with who were like, oh, I'm not going to record for a living because I would hate it. And I want to keep, I want to enjoy it. Like totally yep. fair, totally fair. Nothing more fun than taking what you love and just hammering it to the point where you hate it. Like what, a, what, yeah. a, what a, what a, what a crappy thing to do. So like sometimes yeah. it's good not to do that. And uh, on that note. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks. Uh, thanks hey, for man. hanging with me, Matt. Do you want to send me a couple of like videos yep. that you made in your space that yep. I can link in the description? Oh, baby. And then we'll I just put your uh, website there. And... It's uh, youtube.com slash signature tone recording. I'll send it over to you. Um, lots of loud, yeah, weird stuff. Uh, the, the thing, actually, I don't think it's the, the newest thing that's up, but um, the Dilly Dally Alley track is, I mean, it's got a lot of really killer players, a lot of really killer sounds. It's like a little bit more palatable i would say but really crazy good writing super interesting stuff and again it fits my mold of like people that are doing something that sounds like them it could be any genre of music if you if you want to sound the way you sound i'm i'm there for it, it could be word it could be anything um but yeah, i'll fire that over uh and yeah i don't know man sometimes i'll have to see you in person yeah you have two you, you have two kids so you have you have more of a reason not to travel than i do but uh you know. yeah right uh, i gotta travel i gotta travel to play because i live in the up that's man so true. i gotta travel to play that's true so i was in detroit last week played at cliff bells my students opened it was fun cool and uh hopefully more stuff in minneapolis and chicago soon yeah that's, that's probably cool to see students of yours like getting old enough to be doing the thing like that's that's neat i guess yeah. they yeah I mean, these were like current students. That yeah, opened. I, I suppose because yeah, yeah, you're doing college stuff. It's not like you know. I brought them. Yeah, I brought them with. I mean, it was like a whole tour for them, and then I cool. booked a thing of my own during it. But yeah, it's Sweet. uh, they're great. They're great. They're uh, they're doing it. They're doing the thing. They're engineers. They're all gonna be engineers. Just do the thing. Engineers man. like mechanical engineers and and materials engineers and yep. civil engineers and forestry majors yep. and some That's of them are I'm, art of production, yep. but. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, there's so many crazy, talented people who. It almost seems like cheating when it's like I, I, I've seen this too with like you know people who are engineers who are just like, oh, I do it for fun, and I listen, and I'm like, that's so good, yeah, ah, it's yeah. so good, and you're just doing that for fun in your spare time, dang. But that's that's everything, you know. Like, yeah. And I think it's important to embrace that. Like, it's, it's some of my favorite people are the people that just are crazy talented that aren't even doing it for. They're just doing it for fun, and man, yeah. It's, it's, it's important to remember that you can do it that way and then transition to full-time music if you want, if that's something right. you desire. It's like a lot of people have that model of working a job for a while until yep. they can build up sustainable income yep. in the field, and then they 
transfer over. Right on, man. Oh, well, that's or and that's they like marry that, someone who makes money. That's the other way. I mean, and that like and your whole thing too is like showing people that you can do that. I think it's important to give people the opportunity to go like there are paths to do that if you want. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's really important to do that and then also to have the flip side of like but you don't have to. Like you you, have it's to. it's it's nice to know that you can continue to make art and exist and do cool stuff. And there's all these different paths for it, especially compared to the past. Like there's so many different ways to put things together. So many different like, you know, those slices of gray between professional musician and total hobbyist. Like there's all these things in between and you can take tips like you can give out and get to here and maybe that feels better than being here or go from here and really take it all the way up i'm doing a lot of pointing i realize that's good i'm glad it's I'm, working oh good i feel good about that um it's working for me oh well all right uh well good man uh yeah no i uh not in that way yeah whatever dude i don't care this is a safe this is a safe environment it's fine this is a safe space Thank i'm just you. saying i'm just I'm saying man express myself it's amazing what happens when you sit in a chair in front of a bunch of equipment the things that people will tell you and you're like that's very that's very that's very personal like thank you for sharing that's very nice and again like that's why being nice and listening is important because at some point in this job people are going to be bringing their their life into it and if you can be there oh, for yeah. them you can help people out in different ways than just music and that feels i don't know being nice and helping people feels good fills my bucket up if you're have you heard this like my, my kids louis always talking about being a bucket filler or like ah. you can fill someone else's bucket and that helps fill your bucket of like, you know, being positive. I think it's a really great way to look at stuff. So like, I'm trying to be, it, trying to be a bucket filler. There's a great old, there's a great old tune, great old New Orleans tune. Yes, my bucket's got a hole in it. Yeah, my bucket's got a hole in it. Yeah, my bucket's got a hole in it and it won't hold no beer. <laughs> I don't know if that's a metaphor or not, but there you go. I mean, something you got to be careful. Sometimes it gets not it gets naughty when you start talking about that kind of stuff. Um Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. No, I uh, I appreciate uh, being able to come on. I, uh, I know this is a popular a popular thing, so thank you for involving me in your popular thing. It's growing. It's growing. It's all right. We're just, uh, I'm grinding, you know? Pump it up, dog. I grow it. Mm-hmm. Pump it up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate no worries. You. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Adam Tucker. Listen, if you like the show, I'd really appreciate it if you told a friend, if you rated us five stars, and followed us wherever you listen. And hey, if you're a gigging musician, a band leader, please download the Gig Boss app. Give it a try. It is totally free. It's on iOS and Android. I've been working super hard on adding new features. You can now put links in the notes section, which is a game changer. Now you can put like tune, recording, chart, tune, recording, chart, tune, recording, chart. You can put set lists up there with the charts and the recordings. Super awesome. Then it's all accessible in your gig details feed. We're building out more features as we speak. And if you're somebody who's downloaded the app, You can expect to get an email from me soon because I'm just going to reach out and try to learn more about you. That's it. I just want to know what you're doing, what you're using the app for, so we can make the best and most useful version of Gig Boss app. Thank you all for listening. See you next time.